Well, hello, church. We are so excited to have you here today. Uh, come on, welcome to church. Welcome to the pre-roll. Good morning. It's pre-service. We're rolling. We're rolling into the pre-roll. It's uh, service today. <laughs> All right, just get ready for the dad jokes coming hot and heavy this morning. But uh, uh, we're so excited to see you guys here today. So glad that you would be joining us. My name is Nate. I'm on the leadership team here at Slate. My name is David. I get to be a part of our studio team here at Slate Church. And both Nate and I are super excited to see you. Uh, in the pre-roll, in the chat right now, whether it's at the 9, the 10.30, whenever you're tuning in, we're happy to see you. Um, and we want to know where you're tuning in from. You know, it could be your living room. You could be tuning in from like somewhere exotic. The like car. The cottage. The cottage, The yeah. cottage, the car. Um, uh, a a trail, a path. You could be on a path. You could be on a path. You could. There's not that many more places you're legally allowed to be right now. Yeah, so. the logistics of that might be a little bit challenging. Um, but wherever you're tuning in from, we're happy that you're here. Yeah, cool. Um, and yeah, we're so grateful that you would uh, decide to join us this Sunday. And what we also want to bring your attention to is right now in the comments, Kim Madume. Um, everybody give a little shout out to Kim. She's Come fantastic. Kim is a part of our host team. Kim, right now, just dropped in the link to a Connect card. Tell us yeah. about a Connect card. What does connect that do? Connect cards, uh, it's just a way for you to connect with us. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's honestly, though, it's just a way for you to say, hey, here I am. I'm going to make myself known. I'm going to make a choice to actually engage with community, get connected, uh, find some friends and relationship, and get involved with church. What? What? How, when did you fill out a Connect card? You just filled one out, right? Yeah, yeah, last week, actually. Yeah, here last week, this yeah. Is the, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I, I filled out a Connect card probably three years ago, a little bit longer, um, filled it out and got a call from someone super awesome. I don't know who it was. I think it was like Abby Langwa. Nice. Uh, shout out to Abby. Classic. Uh, tuned from Mississauga maybe. And uh, filled it out and I joined your connect group of yeah, all connect groups. it was groups. great. It was a good time. It was awesome. I remember getting a call from you and be like, who is this guy? Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was fantastic. It was the, one of the best decisions I've made in my entire yeah. life. So if you're on the fence on like, maybe should I fill out a connect group? I don't know. Like, I don't know if Zoom's my thing. Do it. Just do it. It'll be fantastic. It's awesome. Well, hey, it is like some absolutely gorgeous weather out right now. Uh, at least it's supposed to be next Sunday when you're hearing this. Yeah. We're recording this a week in advance. Uh, but I, I guess we'd love to know, we're trying to come up with some ideas for what we're going to do this afternoon. So why don't you tell us in the chat some of your favorite outdoor activities. You like yes. hiking, walking, jumping running. rope, Hop running. Scotch. <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah, like sidewalk shock that's fun tossing the old pigskin around yeah playing some football uh <laughs> pastor name meant to say um maybe it's like throwing a frisbee whatever it is both pastor Nate and i our sunday afternoons are open right now yeah, exactly and we need to know some kind of creative outdoor activities because we're both at a loss and looking for some stuff to do yesterday both of us went on a run yes and again we're filming this a week in advance we haven't yet gone on that run no what we're doing is we're we're prophesying this run. We are, <laughs> we're just we're just putting ourselves out there for some extra accountability yeah. because so we need it. When you're viewing this next Sunday, the factual truth is David and I have both run 10K. Yesterday, we each ran 10 kilometers. Sounds I, I, thought, horrible. I saw you didn't put the number we agreed on in there. Yeah, so it I was supposed to, make sure to be 5K. The people know it, but, but yeah, 10 kilometers 10K yesterday. We're not going to be liars. This is our no. accountability. This is our accountability. And on the note of that, if you ever want to go on a run with us when we're in 
out of lockdown. We would love that. Yeah, um, it'd be so fun. Shoot both of us a message, maybe on Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? At uh, Nathan C.E. Lambert. That's cool. Is that your middle name? Yeah, Caleb Edward are my two cool. middle names. Cool. So. Well, I'm a little yeah. bit more simple. David dot Clumpass. Good luck spelling my last name. Yeah. Um, when your last name's Clump, it's a little easier to get the at, you know? Like, it's a little harder with Lambert. Yeah, that's true. Popular name. Yeah. Believe it or not, somebody stole David Clumpass, but oh, that's okay. Come on. Anyways, yeah, uh, we want you to join our run club. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's called Saint Run Club. We'd love to have you Flavor join. Club. So we're getting that going. Started. It's still in development. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we'd love to get you joining with that. Come on out, check it out. But anyways, I hope that you are staying healthy and active yes. this yes. Sunday. Uh, and 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 I hope that you're just getting excited and expectant for what's gonna come. We have a fantastic service in store today. We are in the middle of our Saved series. Uh, we do. Yeah, Let's it's go. gonna be fantastic talking about all things faith this week. Yeah. I'm super excited to hear what Pastor Jared, who's speaking today, yeah, has to Yeah, it's going to be about. awesome. Uh, and if you want to get active, one of the ways that you can start doing that is by standing up for Ooh, when we worship together, yep. getting ready to go. Come on. Uh, so yeah, we're so excited. It is going to be a fantastic service. Uh, and uh, Coffee's let's get down, praise hands up. Let's go, church. Come on. Have a great Sunday. Well, good morning, Slate Church. Good afternoon, good evening. Whenever the, whenever you're watching this, we're happy you're here. Um, if you don't know who I am, my name is Rowan. I'm a part of the worship team here, and it's gonna be, and we've got a great Sunday ahead of us today. Uh, there's gonna be a connect card coming up um, on your screen. If this is your first time, we would love for you to fill that out. We would love to get to know you, for you to get involved in our church. And yeah, why don't you introduce yourself? Say something in the chat, put a couple emojis there. Let us know where you're tuning in from. Um, but yeah, come on, let's, let's uh, lean in. We're going to worship right now. And uh, yeah, let's get ready to praise God, church. Come on. Come on, let's put our hands together. Come on, let's sing this together. When all I see is the battle. When all I see is the battle.
together with one voice. Almighty Fortress.
I love so much, church, that we get to worship together, that we get to surrender together, that we got to praise God together. You know, every single week, people are submitting praise reports and prayer requests. SlateChurch.com slash prayer. You can find that there. It's popping up in the chat as well. And it is such a privilege to get to thank God together, to get to see people's prayer requests turn into praise reports, things that they are thanking God for week in and week out. And this week, we are thankful that someone's son finally received a diagnosis for some developmental delays so that they can actually move forward in treatment. Someone's thankful that their uncle is now cancer-free after a year of fighting. Someone's thankful that they are able to accept into their postgraduate program. Someone's thankful that they're learning so much in their internship. Someone's thankful for a support system during this time. Someone's thankful that they are eligible for a vaccine. Someone's thankful for the freedom they experience when trusting God with their finances. Come on. Someone's thankful that they've been able to have physical activity come into their daily routine. You know, we have so much that we can be thanking God for in every season, no matter what we are facing. But listen, there are people who are also going through challenges. I think that uh, there's probably a lot of us going through a, a lot of challenges during this time. We are praying for you. We are praying with you. We are standing with you as a church. These are just a few of the things people are praying for. Someone's praying that they would feel more energy. They're feeling really lethargic. Someone's praying for, we're praying for someone who's suddenly lost their father in a tragic accident. They're not able to be with family right now. We're praying for someone's health. We're praying for moms and dads who are navigating parenting during a pan pandemic. We're praying for someone's upcoming interviews. We're praying for someone's father going through a mental health crisis. We're, we're praying for someone who's looking for a place to live. You know, these are just a few of so many needs that are represented here. But I love that we actually get to surrender these to God. That we actually get to recognize that it is His power in us, that it is Him living through us, that we don't have to do this alone. 
that he is the God of miracles. And we get to lean on that today. So if you are a person that believes this today, why don't you just raise up a hand, stretch it towards your screen, wherever you are, just in agreement today as we pray for miracles over these situations and thank God together. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that we are not alone that we don't have to face these situations alone. We thank you for the miraculous things you are doing in people's lives all across this province, God, all across our church, beyond into other areas, Lord. We are thankful right now that you are making a way for people, that you are allowing people to feel peace, God, that you are allowing us to, to step into what's next for us, Lord. But you, we also recognize today that there are so many people in need who are struggling, who have family members who are struggling, who are, have people in their lives who are just going through a tough time. And right now, God, we pray that you would work miraculously in them, that we would have no fear, God, that we wouldn't have to go through with worry, Lord. We trust you with them. We release these things to you today, God. And we pray that you would work in a way that only you can. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Let's keep worshiping here, church. How amazing was that time of worship? I don't know about you, but I love every single week worshiping virtually together. It is so amazing that we have that. So why don't you just thank the worship team wherever you're at. You can clap for them, but you can also put that in the chat so that they can see that. You know, today I want to talk to you a little bit about giving, about generosity when it comes to our finances. And you know, this past week, uh, Kenzie, our oldest daughter, had her birthday, and she got a $20 bill from one of her great-grandparents. And when you're five years old, that is a lot of money. 
You know, recently in April, Brandon also had a birthday and he got a little bit of money. And, and, and today he was actually out, he had his, his money out, he was counting through it, just taking stock of what was there. And Kenzie went and grabbed this $20 bill and she came running to him and she said, look daddy, like I have some too. And they were talking about what money's worth and all of that. And as I was putting dishes in the dishwasher, I overheard her say, you know, daddy, I know it's really important that we give some of this back to Jesus that we actually give some of this to God, give some of this to Slate Church. We know that this is important. And it wasn't prompted, it just came out of nowhere. And I just had this moment, this thought, where I thought about how in Mark 10, it says this. You know, little children are coming to Jesus and he says, truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And you know, there was something so powerful about witnessing our daughter have an understanding of what it means to be part of the kingdom of God. What it actually means to be generous with her finances, with what she has as a five-year-old and, and recognizing what it looks like to give. And yet so often, so many of us as adults don't even have that understanding, don't have that recognition of what it looks like to be open-handed, to give back to God what it is, to be part of the kingdom of God, to be a citizen of heaven. So today I just want to encourage you with that is, that, is that it's okay to be like a little child here, to actually give out of what God has given us. There's so many ways that we can do that today. They're popping up on the screen, you can give online. Uh, you can set up an automatic monthly uh, giving. You can do that so that it just comes out right away. It's the first thing for you. Whatever that looks like, I just wanna encourage you to do it. It's an incredible thing to be a part of. So why don't we pray together over our giving today? Jesus, I thank you that we get to give. I thank you that I get to learn through my five-year-old daughter's actions uh, and be reminded of what it looks like to contribute to the kingdom of God financially and how significant that is. I pray you would bless every single person who's giving today and help us to, to steward that well. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, listen, if you are not following us at Slate Church online, uh, if you're not following us on Instagram, on YouTube, all of those things, you should do that. Uh, that's where you're going to get all the information about what's happening, what's coming out. You're going to be encouraged by what's happening there. It's also such an easy way to share with other people who are following you, who are who are tracking along with you, what's happening at church. It's such an easy way to invite people out. So why don't you follow us on social media, on all the different channels, all the different ways. We would love to see you there. Also really want to invite you this week to prayer morning. They happen every Thursday morning at 6.30 a.m. And listen, that might feel a little bit early. I, I've kind of coined something called sleeping in in reverse, okay? The night before, just go to bed a little bit early and you're sleeping in in reverse. You're still getting that same amount of sleep. Get up, 6.30 a.m., join us. Don't put your mic on, don't put your video on. You don't have to, and uh, just pray with us. I really think that you're going to be impacted by that. We take communion together, a whole bunch of us gather, and we just wanna invite you to join us on Thursday morning at 6.30 a.m. Slatechurch.com slash prayer. You'll find the link right there. Well, listen, we are right now in the middle of a great series called Saved. It's such a great one. I'm loving it. Can't wait for the message today, but before we get there, why don't you check out this interview with Pastor Beth and Esther. Hey church, happy Sunday. We've got a nice little change of scenery right now. I am out here in Waterloo Park with the lovely Esther. 
Esther leads our media team at Slate Church, and honestly, you're just such a steady presence in the studio every single week. Someone that just brings calm to that environment, so it's so nice to be able to have you here and to hear a little bit about your story. And in this Saved series, we're going to be talking a little bit about salvation, what that looks like in different people's lives. And Esther, you and I had a chance to, to chat even just a, a little bit ago about what faith has looked like in your life and your faith journey. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that today? Um, so I was going to start with just how what faith means to me. So faith is when you have a stern, a stern belief in God and have a full mm. confidence that he's in control and just not having a fear, just not allowing fear or doubt to come between that. So my fear was never, was not always like that. Um, mm. Beginning of my life, basically, yeah. um, I start, I went to church, prayed to God, and just, you know, reading my Bible, but it was always just a surface level yeah. relationship with God, and I never wanted to develop a deeper relationship. I was like, yeah, I read my Bible, I can do whatever I want now. Yeah. And that, because of that, like, I never, I always struggle in life with anxiety, and I'll never mm. know how to, like, um, fix that, or, like, who to go to, or what to say to God when I want to, when I'm struggling, or even when I'm good. Um, so over the beginning of last year, I was I got the chance to move to my sister's house and just you know live with her for a bit. Yeah. And I I was able to catch a glimpse of what my sister's life was like. Yeah. Like her walk with God and her just how passionate she was and how she so was so cool. Like, devote like her devotion to God, her sac sacrifice to God was just amazing. I mean, it really moved me. I was like, like wow, like I want to I want to have a relationship with God like that. And wow. Even whenever she was struggling, she would still have like a strong belief that God is in control. Like yeah. nothing can change her mind about that. So I knew that I wanted to change things up and just you know change my heart. God really um, used my sister in that way. So I was I decided I decided to go, go into the, my walk with God differently. Hmm. Like I believe changing your heart is really important. Like even if you read the same Bible, for example. If you're reading Jesus crucifixion, like yeah. you read it, yeah, it's a regular story, like you know, you know. Yeah, like, but heard it. if you if you really understand what that means, yeah, it really changes. It's like huge. God opened my eyes so much, and I was like, wow, like I've known this story all my life. Yeah. like how can he mean something completely came different? alive in a new yeah, way? Exactly, and just his grace, I was just like, wow, God, thank you. I'm so grateful for you for like opening my heart and allowing me to see the truth mm -hmm. just that change is just like makes you more hungry and thirsty for god's yeah. word and you're just like wow like a lot of people like when you know when you know you're thirsty for god's word you know you're thirsty for god yeah like you, when you know you're lost you don't know you're lost but when right. you're saved you know that wow so many things i've done in the past that you know yeah yeah that's I've so done. cool when you say that, you know, your heart posture changed or you changed your heart posture, what did that look like for you? So it means like when you're going into God's word and when you're um, worshiping God, 
you just know that his presence is there you're not mm-hmm. doing it for you yeah you're doing it because you want to help people you want to love god in another way yeah and it's just like you got to be intentional with that you can't just put god in a box and expect him to expect him to be a check mark you do every day yeah you need to know like oh i want to spend time with god you know it doesn't have to be always reading your bible listening to it can be different ways you can yeah. worship god and just realizing that is so helpful yeah and just like the willingness you want yeah you have to get to know god yeah that's good so for for someone that's watching this and they are still kind of checking the box yeah. or they're kind of approaching it and they're like this is kind of like whatever I can get out of it and their their heart posture isn't that posture of like I'm just hungry and thirsty for God. What would your advice be to them to kind of get to that place? My advice would be to literally like check yourself. Like yeah. you know that you don't have that relationship you want with God and honestly like if you're going about God's relationship with how you feel and the feeling and your feelings it's not going to get you anywhere mm-hmm. you need to be disciplined you need to um want to know god more even if some days you're tired like sacrifice that time sacrifice yeah. your flesh and just do it for god so i can develop more I, people say it's hard I and mean, it is hard yeah. like all good relationships are hard exactly <laughs> like you need to have you need to spend that time with god yeah. sacrifice a lot and you just it's just amazing honestly you never regret it yeah I love that we we were talking about that before and you said like it's not a feeling because it really isn't like yeah. it's it's you can't just force yourself to feel those things all yeah. the time it's, yeah. a, it's a discipline and a commitment in a relationship yeah, so yeah. so good thank you so much Esther for for sharing today I think it's cool how you kind of started this saying that it was your sister that kind of set you on this track and yeah. this trajectory of wanting to get to know God because yeah. I feel like today there's going to be people watching this and they could say that about you like it was actually Esther's story that that pointed me back to God or sparked something in me that made me want to pursue him more diligently so yeah. thank you so much for just who you are for serving in our church we love you and we're so grateful to, to know you <laughs> Awesome. Well, that was so great. And you'll have lots of opportunity to hear more awesome stories like this in the weeks to come. But now we have the opportunity to hear an incredible message. Well, thank you, Esther. Thank you, Pastor Beth. Isn't it so nice to see people outside? I just love it. I love this time of year. That was so great. Well, listen, we're headed into the message. Love this. It's going to be fantastic. I'm excited for it today. So it is my privilege to hand this over to Pastor Jared as he brings week two of Saved. It's going to be awesome. Lean in for this one. Thank you, Pastor Emma. And uh, hello, Slate Church. It's good to see you. Everybody in the studio, it's good to see you as well. And I'm excited for week two of Saved. It's already been a really great service here in the studio. Worship has been phenomenal. Thank you, worship team. Can we put our hands together for worship team again? What a great work you guys did there. And uh, I just want to introduce myself. I'm Jared. As Pastor Emma said, I'm part of the staff team here at Slate Church, and I kind of help uh, with some of our volunteer teams, a bunch of different stuff in the church. has been a lot of fun. And part of what I get to do is be able to share a little bit with our church at different times. And so I just want to say thank you to 
our pastors, Pastor Brandon and Pastor Emma, for the opportunity to speak. It's really a, uh, it's a blessing, it's an honor, it's a unique opportunity, and it demonstrates a lot of you guys and your, your character as people that you would hold so closely what God has uh, given you and placed on your life, but also that you would do it with an open hand to uh, like allow people to work out their gifts and not be so like insecure that you're just holding everything to yourselves. And so it's an honor to be led by you guys and just want to say thank you uh, off the rip for that. But listen, we've got 25 minutes today and we're going to jump right into it. We're speaking on uh, salvation is kind of the theme of this save series. What does it mean to be saved? What does that look like? What are we saved from? What are we saved into? Uh, Pastor Emma had a really great message this past uh, Sunday on what salvation is. Super like clear articulation of what it is, what it means, how it works. And so if you missed that message, why don't you go back and watch last week's. And we're going to build on that today with this idea of faith. We're going to be talking about faith today and how does faith work in terms of our salvation and how does faith work in terms of our lives. And so we're going to be speaking out of Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 10. We've got it on the screen, which is really cool. Um, But it's the same verse that Pastor Emma used because it's a great verse that kind of encapsulates this whole idea. So Ephesians 2, 8 to 10, if you've got a Bible, flip it open. If you're using a Bible on your phone, use that. If you've got it on Church Online you're watching, there's a little tab that says Bible. You can click on that. But it says this, Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. For it is grace that you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So it's, it's pretty simple. It's by grace that you've been saved through faith. Okay? So, that, so we're going to talk about that through faith portion today. Before we do, we're going to pray. So wherever you are, why don't you close your eyes with me? Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to uh, gather as your church digitally today, wherever we are, whatever that looks like. Thank you that your presence is here with us wherever we are. In the studio, God, your presence is here with us on this Sunday night, and we just want to thank you for that. And we pray that as we dive into your word today, that you would reveal to us uh, just a new revelation of who you are. God, that our hearts would be soft towards you, that we'd be open to what you're sharing with us today, and that we'd be expecting of what you have to teach us. We love you, and we just ask all this in your name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Okay, so faith. We're jumping in. We're talking about faith, this idea of through faith. It's by grace we've been saved, but it's through our faith that we accept that grace of God, all right? And so when I say the word faith, what is the first thing that comes into your mind? When I, when I, when I say faith, what's the first thing that kind of pops in there? I was talking to my wife, Beth, about this uh, on our way uh, here tonight, actually. And I said, like, when I say faith, like, what do you think of? She said, the first thing that I think of is, uh, you know those stickers that people put on their walls and it says, like, live, laugh, love, and stuff like that? And she said, like, oh, faith? I can just imagine, like, over somebody's dining room table, like, faith, hope, and, like, I don't even know, justice or something else. Like, I have no idea. But, like, so, some kind of, like, sticker thing. Maybe you know somebody named Faith, and that's what first comes into your mind when you hear the word faith. Like, oh, I know this person. A face pops into my mind. When I think of faith... And I think when a lot of people think of faith, what we, what we think of first and initially is our belief system. If I, if I have faith, I'm a, like I'm a Christian. What's your faith? Oh, I'm a Christian. What's your faith? Oh, I'm a Muslim. What's your faith? Oh, I'm a Buddhist. Like we think of this set of ideals uh, or ideals or morals that we ascribe to or a bucket that we jump into. This is my faith. I'm a Christian. This is my faith. And while faith has a component of belief and that is part of it, it's not actually the fullness of what faith is or what faith means. And so... We're going to jump into that a bit, and if we want to understand what faith is, we could uh, look up a dictionary and get a dictionary definition of faith, and that's one way of doing it. But as a church, we believe in the authority of Scripture, so what that means for us is that when we have a lack of understanding of something for what it means to be human or what it means to live our lives out in accordance with what God has for us, the best that He has for us, we go back to Scripture to get a better understanding of that thing. 
So to understand what faith is, we're going to dive into scripture. We're going to look at Hebrews 11. And Hebrews 11 verse 1 is basically the Bible's like dictionary definition of what faith is. And Hebrews 11 verse 1, it says this. I'm pretty sure this is ESV, the translation. Uh, it doesn't really matter that much. But it says this. They all kind of say the same thing. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. And this is important here. The conviction of things not seen. So that's kind of the dictionary definition of, from the Bible of what faith is. The assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And we also want to look at the theme of faith in Scripture to better understand how we apply that understanding that the Bible has of faith to our lives. And so we can take that and go like, I don't really know what that means. But we can track through faith throughout Scripture and better apply that to our life um, in our day in and day out. And so that word faith... In the, in the original Greek, I'm not, I don't speak Greek, I'm not a Greek philosopher, it's uh, pistis, and I'm not going to say it again because I probably screwed it up that time. But just in that word, the direct translation of that in English, the best translations that we have, are a couple of these things. Total reliance on, okay? Complete trust in, a belief in, or a dependency on. So a reliance, a trust, a belief, and a dependency. This is this idea of faith. That we rely on this thing, we believe in this thing, and we depend on this thing. And so belief is a component of faith, and then the actual outworking of that reliance is another component of faith. And we're going to talk about those two things today. So a great, like, anal or a great breakdown of this that I read in a commentary is an active trust and belief that's displayed through obedience. Okay? So faith is a belief. There are many things that we believe in as people, that we have faith in as people. You need faith for anything that you didn't see yourself. So I believe that we landed on the moon. Uh, my wife is not so sure that we actually landed on the moon. She's like, thinks it was kind of like a getup, but I believe that we did. I didn't land on the moon myself. I didn't even see like the recording of people landing on the moon. I just believe because I don't know why we would lie about that. And also like, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time figuring out whether we did or not, it's kind of inconsequential. But I believe, I have faith because I didn't see it myself. The other day, um, Pastor Brandon and I, we were driving through Waterloo Park and there's this building in Waterloo Park. And it's like, uh, it says on, on the side, it says like the oldest uh, schoolhouse in, in Waterloo. It's like one of the first buildings, like 200 years old. Um, I have faith that that is true. Like, I, I didn't see the building get built. I haven't been here the last 200 years to see whether it is the same building that got built. So I just take that plaque at its word. I have faith that that thing is actually true. If I was to drive to California, I would put the location in Google Maps, and I would get in my car. And though I've never seen the route to California, and I've never been to California or seen that, I would trust and have faith that that Maps app would get me there. Right? And I, I feel like that's a fair thing to say. A lot of us would, would have that same that same confidence and belief. So regardless of what you hold to be true, all of us are exercising faith and belief in our daily lives all of the time. All of the time we're exercising this faith and this belief. And so when we talk about, when we talk about faith, when we talk about belief, there's this, this component of like, we will never be able, as we want to gain an, a knowledge and an understanding of what we believe as Christians but through the, the reading of scripture and the understanding of history and the understanding of who we are as people and what, what it means to be human and how that actually works out in our life, we'll never fully get all of the information to satisfy all of the questions that we have as people. Because I can see something with my very eyes and still have questions about that thing. So whatever we hold to be true, we need to have some element of faith in that. And that's the belief component of our faith. Now, belief in and of itself actually isn't enough to, to move us to the place that we need to get in terms of our, our salvation. Like, to, to believe is, is an important thing, but the outworking of our belief in our life is actually just as important. It says, um, 
it says here that even, uh, even the demons believed in God. So for us to just say like, oh, I believe in God, it's not a whole picture of what that actually means for us and, and should work out in our life. Now, what, what belief in faith isn't, is it isn't just like a, um, like a bomb to put over all of our, bomb, like not B-O-M-B, like B-L-A-M, to put over all of our like questions or worries or insecurities or doubts or things like that. Oftentimes we hear this where it's just like, oh, I wonder like, you know, if God is so like loving, then how come all this stuff happened in the Old Testament that's like really like confusing and, and actually kind of makes me feel like a little bit weird? What's the deal with that? The answer isn't, oh, you just need to have faith and just like don't really ask those questions. Just kind of like believe. That, that's not actually uh, the kind of faith that, that scripture is talking about here. C.S. Lewis says it really great. Um, he says this. He says, I'm not asking anyone to accept Christianity if his best reasoning tells him the weight of evidence is against it. That's not the point that faith comes in. So we're not talking about a faith that is just a blind, like, no matter what I feel or what I expect or whatever, I'm just going to suppress all of that and have faith. Because in, in reality, I, I genuinely believe that if you are seeking out what it, like, where do we come from? What's our purpose here as people? Why am I the way that I am? Why is the world the way that it is? And how do I interact with that best? If you're genuinely seeking the answer to those things without bias, which I think is super, super hard to do, almost impossible. But if you can do that, the result that you'll find, I, I believe with all my heart, is Jesus and the gospel and the narrative of scripture. Like I, th- I, that, I genuinely believe that that's where you'll find out what does it mean for me to interact with the world around me in the best way. You'll be led back to the gospel, the story of Jesus, and, and what the Bible lays out for in terms of uh, the parameters that we should live our life in, right? And so this is just like, this is the belief side. But the belief being an integral part of our lives, it, it, you can't just believe something. You actually have to, your belief should drive some sort of action out of you. If I told you, um, can somebody pass me their chair really quickly? Whether it's just like one of those like, Studio stools, Pastor Nate is on it. David, thank you so much. I will, I will remain distant. That's great. Yeah, thanks. So if, we, if we've got this chair here, and I can tell you, and I can look in the camera with my whole heart and say, I believe that this chair will hold me up if I sit in it. Like, I can say that to you, and maybe you'll believe me, and maybe you won't, and maybe I actually have that faith in this chair. Maybe I won't. But a way that I can actually, like, complete the faith in my life is to demonstrate to you by sitting in the chair, okay, my action has followed my belief, and because my action follows, now there is a greater demonstration, both in myself and to those around me, that I have confidence and faith in this chair, and there's actual, it, it, what, what exists internally and conceptually begins to affect me physically and the reality around me. And that is the important piece of faith that I think sometimes we don't necessarily consider or pay too much attention to. You see, our faith is not something to be compartmentalized or separate from our day in and day out living. The life that we, when we wake up in the morning, when we wake up and we breathe and we think and we act and all of this stuff, our, our faith is not to be compartmentalized from that thing. It's to be involved in every element of our physical bodies outworking in the world around us. And we can easily compartmentalize it to specific places like church or like connect group, or like the quiet time in my car when I'm listening to worship, or the the five minutes in the morning when I read my Bible. And we can compartmentalize our faith to these moments and places in our life and not allow it to spill out to all of the inner workings of who we are and the interactions that we have in our day in and day out. And that is not enough. That's not the faith that that scripture is talking about here. It's talking about a faith that, that means something to us and actually works itself out in our day in and day out lives. And so... Um, Dallas Willard, he writes about this idea, and he, and he says it really well. And uh, I tried to like, say it in my own words, and I'm just going to read his because they're better. And it says this. Spirituality in humans is not an extra or superior mode of existence. 
It's not a hidden stream of reality, a separate life running in parallel to our bodily existence. It does not consist of special inward acts, even though it has an inward aspect. It's a relationship of our embodied selves to God that has the natural and irrepressible effect of making us alive to the kingdom of God here and now in the material world. See, our faith is meant to be worked out and demonstrated in our daily lives. James talks about this idea. It's our actions are a completion of our faith. So to, to believe and to hold something to believe, it will eventually drive me to action. But if I really truly believe in that thing, I will outwork it in some way. And, uh, and, and oftentimes, and this is like the danger around some of this idea that we have where it's like we've got to, um, some of the language that we use, and it's not necessarily bad language, and by we I just mean like Christians in general, with this language of like I've got to take God home or I've got to take God into my workplace, or I've got to take God into these places. And what that kind of language does is it actually implies that God exists only in certain spaces in our world, that God only exists in his church, and we're like the gatekeepers of God to the world around us, which we are the ambassadors of Christ. We're to be his hands and feet. We're to be light in the areas that we find ourselves because God's presence is there already. And so I think for us, when we talk about faith, it it also is a transforming of who we are in our day in and day out. It actually means something to our day in and day out lives. And I want to I kind of like break down this idea a little bit more because it's talking about our, our faith. Let me get the actual language from the, from the verse. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, but the conviction of things not yet seen. When I look at my life in front of me, I don't know what the next step is. But I've got a conviction and a hope and a faith that, that God does. And that he's moving it in some type of direction. Same way that when I look at that chair, I can't tell you in five minutes or not if I sit in it, if I fall right through it onto the floor. But I've got a conviction that it will actually hold and that will drive me to action to sit in it. And that, that kind of completes that belief. So I want to I read out just from a passage of scripture um, out of Hebrews. Uh, again, it's that Hebrews 1, but I want to read it. It's quite long. Hebrews 1 to 11. And it, and it kind of outlines all of these different instances in faith, of faith in Scripture. And it, it's through like all sorts of major characters in the Bible, and it speaks to their faith. And I'm going to read it out in the message translation, because I read it in like six or seven other translations leading up to this, and none of them did as good a job of helping me understand the concept as the message did, uh, including King James. I also read that one, but I'm telling you, the message here is just help me wrap my mind around it. And I'd encourage you to go back and read this for yourself. It's, it's Hebrews 11, uh, basically read the whole chapter, but the first chunk of it, all right? And it says this, track with me. It's a long passage, and I know that as soon as my eyes go down here, we have a tendency to not pay attention. Just lean in for this and and track with what I'm saying here as I'm reading this scripture. Hebrews 11. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguishes our ancestors and sets them above the crowd. By an act of faith, Enoch skipped death completely. They looked all over and couldn't find him because God had taken him. We know on the basis of reliable testimony that before he was taken, he pleased God. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. By an act of faith, Abraham said yes to God's call to travel to an unknown place that would become his home. 
When he left, he had no idea where he was going. By an act of faith, he lived in the country promised him, lived as a stranger, camping in tents. Isaac and Jacob, they did the same, living under the same promise. Abraham did it by keeping his eye on an unseen city with real eternal foundations, the city designed and built by God. By faith, barren Sarah was able to become pregnant, old woman as she was at the time, because she believed the one who made a promise would do what he said. That's how it happened. That from one man's dead and shriveled loins, there are now num people numbering in the millions. By faith, we see the world called into existence by God's word. What we see created by what we don't see. By an act of faith, Abel brought a better sacrifice to God than Cain. It's what he believed, not what he brought that made the difference. That's what God noticed and approved as righteous. After all these centuries, that belief still continues to catch our notice. By faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. He was warned about something he could not see and acted on what he was told. The result? His family was saved. His act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the rightness of the believing world. As a result, Noah became intimate with God. You see, in all of these stories, their faith is credited to them as righteousness. Their faith is their way to right standing before God. A faith in, in the words that God has, has given to them. And to us, the words today are the gospel of Jesus Christ. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And it's our faith that's credited to us as righteousness towards God. And their faith was demonstrated in their act. Noah built a boat on dry land because God said something's coming. And his faith in the word of God is what saved him and his family. And the same thing applies to us today. And, and let me tell you, let me break it down. When you wake up in the morning and you like open your eyes and you've got like the sheets and you're still laying in bed, the, when, what does it mean to live by faith? It means to open your eyes and say, God, what do you have for me today? I'm yours. I'm your servant this morning. Let me know how I can serve you today. Point out to me the people in my life that I need to speak to. It's when someone cuts you off when you're driving to work and uh, they get in front of you and you just well up with rage and you're angry and you're like, all you can see is the idiot that cut you off. But the, the faith to say, God, help me see what I can't see, the love that you have for them and the purpose that they have in their life. Uh, when we get in a conversation with our boss at work and we're there and we actually are really nervous about how this is going to go because it's a big conflict and I don't know how it's going to be. What does faith look like in that? It's a faith to say, God, would you show me the next step in this conversation? I trust you that you're with me and you're working this out. It's when that conversation goes poorly and we get fired and we don't know like where our income is going to come from. It's a faith to say, God, I know that you're going to provide for me and so I'm going to release this control to you and I'm going to trust in you. Uh, when we go home and our kids are at home and... Uh, my wife and I, uh, she's pregnant right now. We're going to have a baby next month. And what does faith look like for me today? It's daily going, God, I trust you with the health of this baby. I trust you with the future of this baby. I'm not going to try to remain in control of all of these things because as we pull control into ourselves, it reduces our reliance and our need for God. And so I'm going to release that control. And in faith, God, I'm going to trust you with the life of this child over the course of their life. Maybe you've got... Uh, kids in high school and they're hanging out with a, a rough crowd and, and they're starting to make decisions that you don't love to see in their life. What does faith look like for you? It looks like to say, God, I trust that you're with them. And though I can't maybe step in the way that I want to here, I know that you're walking alongside of them. I have faith that you're going to pull, pull them through this. And it looks like when you're by yourself at night and you're laying in your bed and it's quiet and you've not been able to distract yourself any longer because you've actually got to close your eyes before you sleep and all the thoughts roll through your mind of you're not good enough. You'll never be good enough and nobody cares about you. You've got no purpose. You've got nowhere to go. The thing that you did in your past is who you are and you'll never escape the shame of that. And when those thoughts come into your mind, it's just you and God. Faith in that moment looks like to say, God, I, 
although I don't see it, although I don't feel it, I believe that I'm chosen. I believe that I'm loved. I believe that I have a purpose. I'm putting my faith and my hope and my trust and my reliance in you. And this is what our faith acted out in our life looks like. And this is what it means to be transformed by, by our, our faith in Christ. It's not only belief, but it's reliance and a trust in the word of God. Our faith isn't separate from the daily moments of our life. Our goal as Christians is not to transcend our bodies or the physical world around us, but it's to outwork the spirit of God through, through our lives, through the flesh and the breath that we have. His kingdom come and his will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Not some separate internal pie in the sky living, but a reality to be lived out in our daily lives. A reality of release of control to say, God, I actually am reliant. I'm dependent on you. I believe in you. I believe in the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. And to release that control, a daily picking up our cross and being dependent on God. Maybe uh, you're listening to this, you're on the other side of the screen, and you've not made a decision. Maybe you believe in God, but you've not made a decision to say, I want to put my faith in you, Jesus. I want to release control of my life and allow you to, to take, take the reins on my life and actually uh, drive me forward in the way that you would have me move. Maybe that's you on the other side of the screen. We're going to all, wherever we find ourselves, maybe in a room with a bunch of people, somebody invited you over, whatever it looks like, why don't you just close your eyes and bow your head, and in the studio we'll do the same. But if that's you, and you want to make a decision to release that control and say, I, God, I want to have faith that actually means something to me, that impacts my day in and day out, my waking, my breathing, my living. If that's you today, I want you to just extend your hands as a, as a sign, as a symbol, as an acceptance, as a, as a release, whatever that looks like. Just extend your hands and just repeat after me. God, I love you. Thank you for loving me. I want to trust in you all the days of my life. I want to release control. God, help me to have faith in the things that you've called me to. In your name I pray, amen. Amen, hey, if you made that decision for the first time, that's incredible. Stick around, we've got next steps happening after. People are celebrating me in the studio. It's an important decision, it's a decision made today, but that belief in this moment now begins a trajectory of your life of, of working that faith out in your relationship with God. And so, um, that's great. And I want to pray for one more group before we continue to worship and before we close out our service here today. But if you're here and, um, and maybe you have not been working out the reality of your faith in God in your life in the ways that you've wanted to see, maybe that fruit is a little bit stale, maybe you haven't seen it, maybe that, uh, that reliance on God is actually not where you want it to be. Maybe you've pulled a lot more of that control in your life into yourself and you want to release that today, I want to pray for you as well. And so again, with every head bowed and every eye closed, why don't we pray together? I want, to, I want to pray for you. Jesus, thank you so much that you love us. Thank you for the cross, God. Thank you for the opportunity to be in relationship with you. Thank you that though we can bring nothing to the table, as Ephesians says, it's not by anything that we do, but by your grace and your mercy and your goodness. And if we would believe in that, God, that we receive salvation. But God, I thank you that it doesn't end there with just the salvation that we have. But God, we are uh, continually made into your likeness, God. The sanctification of our lives comes from that release to you, Lord. And I just pray that um, wherever we're at, I know that in myself, it's a sliding scale of how much I pull in control and how much I release and trust you and have faith in you, God. And wherever we're at today, we're on the other side of these screens, wherever anybody's at, God, I pray that you would meet them there today, that you would uh, just remind them that they're loved, that you're in control, that you've got this, that your hand is on them. Lord, and I pray that uh, we would continue to just develop our faith in you, that we would grow our faith in you, our reliance on you, our dependency on you, that we wouldn't live our life from a place of control or ownership, 
um, or, or whatever that looks like, but we would release that to you, God, and live in faith, knowing that you're moving in each of our lives and you have the best in mind for us. We love you, Jesus, and just ask all this in your name. Amen. Come on, hey, why don't we stand and worship together today? Come on, Slave Church, has this not been such a great day together? Can we just put our hands together, throw it up in the chat for Pastor Jared? So thankful for that message. What an encouragement here. Well, listen, if you just made a decision to follow Jesus, we want to encourage you to fill out a Connect card. This is your way of getting in touch with us, letting us know so we can journey with you. We can answer questions you might have or just uh, reach out to you, say hello. We would love to hear from you. 
There's also an opportunity to go to something called Next Steps right after the service. It's popping up in the chat. Follow that link. You're going to hear from leaders. You're going to be able to meet some people. Whether you just made a decision to follow Jesus or you're checking in Slate Church, you want to get involved more, join us for Next Steps. That is the place for you. Listen, if you are new to Slate Church or you're thinking maybe I'm going to make Slate Church home or I'm going to commit to being here, you want to meet some people, you want to hear more about the vision of Slate Church, we have something coming up called Socials. And this is happening on May 30th from 12 to 1 p.m. It's going to be a Zoom link. You can check it out at slatechurch.com slash next steps. More information there. It's a chance for Brandon and myself to meet you, to be able to say hello, give some vision one-on-one time with a leader. Lots of good stuff happening there, so make sure you check that out as well. Listen, I hope that you have a great week, that you just leave here so encouraged, and that you go in faith. It's going to be awesome. Take it with you. Have a great week, church.